Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Aaron Smith. Aaron is the founder of HusbandRevolution.com. He is also the co-founder and co-creator of Marriage After God. He and his wife, Jennifer, started Marriage After God as a platform where they could encourage marriages in their faith and life. Together, they have published 12 books, most recently called Marriage After God, and they host a podcast called Marriage After God that has over 1 million downloads. I appreciate Aaron talking with me on Dad Up. In our conversation, he speaks to his testimony and how God helps him grow through parenting and showing his children through a discipleship style of parenting. He shares how parenting has always shown him to be more aware of his spiritual leadership, not only in the home, but outside the home as well. Aaron shares that the legacy you build inside the home is infinitely more important than a legacy they build outside the home. Please help me welcome Aaron Smith to Dad Up. So Aaron, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. Just, you know, because I know we're on limited time and you're a busy guy, for my listeners that don't know much about you, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and your story, uh, kind of your testimony, you and your wife, uh, Jennifer's testimony, and also uh, what your guys' platform and about your kids? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, so my name is Aaron Smith. Um, I am the um, founder of husbandrevolution.com, and my wife's the founder of unbuildwife.com. And uh, last year, we launched marriageaftergod.com. And uh, we've been doing this for, man, since 2011. So I don't know how many years that is. It's a lot. Uh, nine, maybe. <laughs> right. um, we've, been, we've been married for 13 years. This last January was our 13th anniversary. Cool. We have uh, four kids with one on the way. Um, they range from seven, four, to almost five, three years old, one years old, and then in the womb. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've been, we've been having kids for almost as long as we've been doing this ministry. <laughs> so uh, that's a, a little bit about our, just our background, uh, you know, we, we started these ministries, um, not necessarily as a ministry. We didn't have any intention of making it something huge like it is today. Uh, that kind of just happened as we went. Um, and I, I would have to give all the glory to God for that. Um, but we started out of uh, some, some hardships that we were going in our marriage, some struggles that we were having. And on the, on the healing side of that stuff, I just suggested my wife start blogging to help her processing that we were going through because she likes to write. And, uh, you know, people were resonating with things that we were writing about because since the beginning, we've just tried to be very open and transparent and real. So that's kind of been the focus of our ministry is encouraging husbands and wives to grow closer to each other and to God. Um, but transparency and authenticity is the, is the kind of the focus of how we communicate, not trying to just show the best parts of our lives and not just trying to you know tell people like, look what we've done, but we just, we tell people like, look what we're learning. So, well, that's awesome. And, you know, I've been following you guys for about a year or so, and I say that only um, because my wife and I have always been trying to look for ways to strengthen our marriage. And one of the things that I came across when I got your guys' um, Instagram page was your guys' books, and one of them being 31 Prayers for Husbands and 31 Prayers for Wives. Yeah. And I purchased those uh, for us as kind of a gift. I want to say it was a Valentine's gift. But anyway, so I purchased those books. And what we did is we, we read through them, you know, each of us individually read through them. And then we talked about them at the end of every night. We talked about the, the prayers that we, that we, uh, that we said. So um, it's a really, really cool book. So I, I thank you for those. 
but you guys do have another book that, that you came out with, um, Marriage After God. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, we have a, quite a few books. We have our Husband and Wife After God devotionals. Also, mm-hmm. we also have some Prayer for Children books, um, Son and Daughter. And then we have future prayer books for praying for your future spouse. Um, a lot of engaged couples go through that and also a lot of singles. Uh, but yeah, our most recent book is called Marriage After God. It's something that we wrote together. And it really is, a, I would say it's like our cornerstone book. It's taking all the things that God's taught us about um, himself. And it uses um, marriage as the catalyst to show uh, what it looks like to chase after God boldly. Mm-hmm. And it talks about it, the, the focus is to sh- show marriages the power that they have when they recognize what their marriage means, what their mm-hmm. marriage is for, what, why God brought them together. And so the, the hope for that book is as people read through it, they're getting all these practical advice and stories and also biblical direction. Um, but by the end of it, they have this clear picture of like, wow, this is what God has brought us together for, to do, for right. actual ministry in this world. Uh, so the main premise of the book is, is your marriage is a ministry. And so whether or not you're you know, a pastor on stage or a worship leader or any of these um, official titles, your marriage is intended to do something uh, great for God. And so that's what Marriage After God's about. Cool. Well, congratulations on that. I'm sure Thank it'll you. do well. Uh, so anyways, diving right in. You guys, you guys have your hands full with, uh, with your kids seven all the way down and uh, one on the way for sure is, is awesome. But what, uh, what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Uh, well, I enjoy a lot of, of things about being a dad, but most I would say uh, kind of selfishly, like it's, it's awesome to see um, how God grows me through parenting, how he changes me and shows me my own shortcomings and, and refines me through my children. Um, but attached to that is seeing my children grow and become smarter and wiser and learning about God and, and growing in their, their desire for God. And so getting the opportunity to disciple my children and raise them to know the Lord and um, raise them to be just strong men and women, um, period, is a pretty powerful thing when you recognize what it is you're doing as a father. Yes, I, I agree, Aaron. And it's interesting. We, you know, as parents, our job is to um, raise up our children as best to our ability uh, and, and mm-hmm. follow follow God's guide or God's plan for them and for us as parents. But my, you know, my wife and I, we have two grown boys. My youngest son mm-hmm. is 18 and my older son is 21. Uh, but my younger son, interesting enough, in, in seventh grade, because we've raised him in, in a faith-guided family and, and foundation, my, old, my younger son in seventh grade started a Bible ministry in his, in his school. He goes to a private Christian school and he'd gone through Christian school their whole lives, but he started a little Bible study with his friends uh, during lunch uh, when awesome. he was in seventh grade on his own. Um, and it was really cool to see. And since that time, he has wanted to get into ministry and has had a passion of being a pastor uh, didn't, didn't even want to, didn't even want to be like an associate pastor or anything like that. He wanted to do his own, you know, have his own church and, and be like the senior pastor of his own church. Wow. Uh, and he's, he's a senior in high school. Now, the funny thing is he's so involved in sports too. He plays basketball, but he has since grown it. He kind of had this calling to do something along the sports line too. And he's, he's wanted to get into broadcasting, but with a, faith-based purpose behind it so sports broadcasting with a faith-based person purpose so it's awesome 
Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But that's, you know, that's part of the reason why, I mean, that's, he's had that passion because we've instilled this, this faith-based foundation. It's so important for us as parents to do that with our kids because it guides them and, and helps them go to be better, better people. So when it comes to, you know, you got young kids, so there's a lot of challenges there and, and you mm-hmm. face challenges as they get older, but what, what kind of challenges do you face? I feel like we're in a, in such a, in new territory with each one of our kids. Like my, my oldest son is, growing into a, a man like, <laughs> right. like he's he's thinking for himself and he's there's just so many changes and it's um it just requires me to constantly be seeking out you know counsel and just prayer with my wife and just uh reevaluating what we're doing because i'm like oh there he's in a different place he's not the right. same as he was last year he's not the same as he was last week um all the different transitions that our children go through is definitely challenging but just also um constantly wanting to be a, an example to them and and not just, uh, you know, working on behavior modification, like don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, but uh, getting to their hearts and saying, you know, this is why we don't do this, or this is why we don't do that, or why we should do this, and and helping disciple their hearts and helping guide their hearts to desire those things rather than just do them because mom or dad said. Right. So just a constant balance of, I mean, because there's often, you know, just do this thing, you know, or, or stop doing that thing but stopping myself and, and realizing that the more important thing is walking them through the, the steps of, of why or even saying that. Right. Um, and so just that challenge of constantly going back to a discipleship centered parenting rather than just behavior modification parenting. Right. And it's, and it varies with age, right? I mean, you have seven oh, yeah. all the way down. So, so there's different levels of that uh, for each child and, and you have to be cognizant of that. And it's hard to stay cognizant right. <laughs> with, everything else, with everything else taking your brain calories. Right. So having to make sure that there's that time, having to make sure that there's those conversations with your, your wife, just saying, hey, how are the kids doing? What, what are we noticing? Um, what are things that we should focus on? Uh, so it, it takes dedication. It takes um, it takes saying no to other things. Sometimes. Right. Right. Now, is he is he into sports? In seven, he's probably uh, at that age where he can start playing sports. Uh, not necessarily in the sport. He loves, he's, he's more of our creative um, child. He loves drawing. Okay. Um, he's taking piano lessons and he's, he's picking that up. And uh, cool. so th- we're on that side of things. We have my, my uh, third youngest boy. He's probably going to be our sports one. Cause he was <laughs> like at, at like two years old, was able to hit a ball with a bat, like by okay. ball, ball in the air. So uh, <laughs> we have to wait one more year for him to be in little league, but we're going to start doing stuff this summer with him. Cool. Well, that's, you know, that's my boys started in little league when they were four years old. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do as a dad is I wanted to be involved as much as possible. And I took the courage, took the leap and started coaching my son's team when he was four, my oldest son when he was four and haven't, haven't stopped since my youngest son is 18, like I said, and he plays uh, varsity basketball at high school and I'm i I'm the assistant coach on his team. So uh, it's a lot of fun. And so I would encourage it. So if you have time, to be an assistant coach to uh it just kind of gives you the opportunity to, to spend more time with your boy you know yeah and it's it's not a far-fetched idea because the the field is like literally behind our house <laughs> so, <laughs> well there you go all right well uh how has your life changed since you became a dad pretty much in every way right <laughs> we used to we didn't realize how selfish we were until we had kids right and then once you have children 
man, the Lord just shows you like, oh, look how selfish you are. You, you don't want to be, you have to take care of this child and you don't want to right now because you want this other thing over here or you want to go, go do this thing over here. And right. so it's, it's really um, challenged me to grow up as a man and just be, be more mature and to uh, choose the better things, choose the, um, the time at home, choose the, the time with my children. And so, yeah, I would say everything's changed. It's also, um, it's also caused me to really pay attention to my spiritual leadership outside the home as well. Okay. Because, because I don't want to be a, a hypocrite where I'm trying to tell my kids one thing and, and encourage them to be one way. And then outside the home with my, you know, people I walk in fellowship with or other men or other families be another way. And so um, it's really caused me to, to desire to rise up as a, as a leader in my, in my church and my community with my friends, uh, with people we walk in fellowship with. And, and not, not just for my children's sake, it just helped me realize that that responsibility is not just at home. It's, it's outside home as well to make what I'm doing at home more valuable. And what I'm doing outside the home is more valuable by what I'm doing in the home, if that makes sense. Uh, so like we, we talk about on our book, Marriage After God, um, this idea of, of practicing ministry in the house. And mm-hmm. it's not that it just stays there. It's that you, you know, you're, if you can't, you know, witness to your children or to, uh, disciple your children or love your children or be patient with your children or wife or both actually, when you leave the home, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be any different. And yeah. so, and often what we do is we give our best outside the home. We, we, sh- we put on a face outside the home. We show others the better side of us outside of the home. And when we get home, we, we give our seconds or thirds or fourths to our wife and children. It should be the other way around. Uh, you know, my, right. my wife and children shouldn't be getting my grumpy attitude when I would never have given that to my neighbor or to my, you know, my boss or to, right. uh, you know. So you're absolutely right. They they deserve the best out of you. That's that's your family. They're going to be with you through thick and thin, mm-hmm. and them to get leftovers uh, is not fair uh, to them or you. Yeah, and and it, not just not fair. It's it's hypocritical. It's right. Like, we we want to be doing some sort of ministry or in blessing people and loving people or serving people outside the home, and then we go home and we don't do any of that stuff for our, our children and wife. And yeah. I, it just shouldn't be that way. We should, I, I believe God would rather us do that at home and not outside the home. If that was right. the, the trade-off, the, the trade-off shouldn't be our, our closest disciples. It shouldn't be our closest, you know, uh, one another's as the scripture mm-hmm. would say, which is your wife and your children. They're the closest ones to you, your closest yeah. neighbor, as we say. You're, you're absolutely right. Eric. Now, when it comes to discipline though, you, you guys have, the wide range of ages, uh, discipline mm-hmm. varies from child to child. How do you guys discipline your children? You know, we, we, we try and be biblically based and we, you know, we have favorite ways is we try and have lots of long discussions with our kids. Um, you know, we have other ways of disciplining, but we, like I said, we try and go into not just behavior modification, but like, what are we, what's going on? Why, why are we talking to you like this? Why are we, why are we explaining to you what, why, what you did is wrong? Um, where does the Bible talk about this? And then ultimately letting them know that it's not just what I've said. It's what the Bible has said. It's not just what I want. It's what the Bible, it's what God wants. Um, and then we also often over and over and over again, just remind them that we want their heart. Like, you know, give daddy your heart. We want your heart. And then we tell them, if you, once you give us your heart, if you, if you give us your heart, our, our heart is that one day you'll be able to give your heart to God. And so we, we always bring it back to that and, 
And so it's, it's just, it's just pointing them back to scripture constantly, point, pointing them back to um, our hearts constantly, letting them know that we want their hearts, we want their ears, we want their eyes, that we're trying to protect them, we're trying to teach them wisdom so that, um, you know, the consequences they feel now are, are so small in comparison to the, the life consequences that may come if that those actions, those character traits don't ever get changed now. We let them know that life is much more unforgiving. <laughs> right. And so we, we just explained to them that this, this little bit of, you know, discipline and correction now is, is to help them in the long term to save them from the way the world disciplines, the way the world punishes, the way that, you know, natu- the natural causes of our bad choices play out. Now, with their ages, do you find, uh, in, in what you're saying there, do you find that to be a challenge? Do, do you find that they understand what you're saying? I can understand if they're wanting to run out in the street and, and you're grabbing them or being, you know, you sound mm-hmm. like you're mad or, or, and you mm-hmm. viciously grab them to protect them. I can understand that they would understand why that was wrong or you're in a way that you're trying to protect them. But let's say they're they're they want a toy or they want a treat and it's not the right time and they keep they keep hounding you about it. How do you convey the message that you just conveyed to them in a way that they would understand? So I, I would say that we're kind of unique, and maybe we're not unique, but we've never adjusted our uh, the the message to make it less. I don't know how to say this. We've always just talked to them the way we talk to each other, and so we we explain things. Fully, and um, of course, there's certain details sometimes that we leave out because there's an age level of appropriateness. Right. Um, but we've never talked to them as children or as babies. We we get down to them and we explain to them. Now, do they fully understand every single you know phrase and idea right away? No. But over time, when they see the actions, when they see the the um, those things that we talk about played out, and often we also explain to them how me and their mom make certain choices and how those, um, how our consequences have played out. And, and so we show them that it's not just, you know, for you in this situation, it's, well, I can't do that either, Elliot. You know, when I make right. that kind of choice or when I choose to do that, this is what happens. And, and God doesn't want me to be that way. God wants me to have self-control. God wants me to. And so it's a, it's a repetitive conversation. I think the word self-control comes out of our mouth a yeah. million half times a day. In the beginning, they may not have fully grasped what self-control meant. The context every single time it's brought up and every single time we dealt with it um, is consistent. And so as they get older, they start realizing like, well, yeah, I, I shouldn't want, you know, I shouldn't be on the, the, the game system all day, every day, because that's not self-control. We just talked about it this morning, actually. Or with food or with, with your anger, you know, outbursts. And we, so they, they start, and it's how all of us learn. We, when, we're, when we're babies, we don't understand everything we hear or say, but what happens over time is we, look, you know, we learn that water is wet because the context is always brought up in the same way, in the same place, all the time. So we learn through repetition. We learn through context. And so my wife and I, we just always explain to them, even as like our little one-year-old. We tell him self-control. We, te- you know, we, we talk to him about his screaming, and we, and we explain it. So the context is the same every single time. With them, and so whether they fully grasp the words and what we're trying to get across, they over time and usually very quickly they start connecting what that word means to what they're doing and how they're being. And then eventually, the bigger concepts like 
what self-control actually means, this idea of like actually controlling your outbursts, your emotions, and, and making different choices in those moments, they start to adopt and own rather than responding to what mom and dad are doing, if that makes sense. Right. It does make sense. And I see what you're saying with the the context and the, also the consistency. Yeah. Um, you're consistent. You're consistent with the, with the words that you use and the actions that you take based on the, the results that you want uh, to get uh, them to act a certain way or behave a certain way. So yeah, consistency for sure is something that, that will stick with them. And as long as you're representing it and modeling it uh, the yeah. same way, uh, they'll, they'll pick up on that for sure. Now, when it comes to your, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful platform. What about if, I mean, if your kids, they're young, but your seven-year-old, has he talked about anything? I know a lot of kids want to be firefighters or, or veterinarians or, or whatnot, but have they talked about, or has he talked about what he wants to be when he gets up, grows older? And he said, dad, you know what? I want to kind of do what you guys do. Uh, no, he. Uh, I mean, he does talk about what he wants to be. He either wants to be an engineer and design the Iron Man suit, or a video game maker. So okay. that's. And he's been pretty consistent with those things. Um, we're not opposed to those at all. Um, we're all about entrepreneurship. So I mean, we've been entrepreneurs for a long time. Now, I mean, my heart would be that the, what we've been building would be a family thing, but we would never make my kids make it a family thing. But if they have other dreams and other passions, um, other directions our principles and the things that we believe in and why we do what we do, I'd want them to take that wherever they go. I'd want yeah. them to build their, this, their thing with the gifts God's given them to glorify God in that way. So, but uh, along those lines, like my son, um, a school project, and he's only seven, so it, was a, it took about a year to do um, because we've self-published so many books. We had right. him il- illustrate his own alphabet book and he self-published it. So he's technically a published author. <laughs> really cool. Created to help educate them and, and to give them tools in their tool belt is what we call it from our, our newest book um, that they can then use not just to bless them and their family, but also to use to glorify God and to build his kingdom. So, um, you know, I, I, who knows if that his dreams will change. I'm sure. I, I, I can't remember what I wanted to be when I was a kid. What we're doing definitely is going to influence them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what they do. That's really cool. Uh, that, that's, that's certainly a proud dad moment right there when, when, he's, yeah. when he's got that under his belt. Uh, certainly something that he can carry with him forever. Very, very neat. That's very neat. So what do you wish you knew before you had kids that you know now? It's something that I already knew, but I wish I would have knew, known that I could walk in it better, um, which mm-hmm. is my own self-control, my own emotional control, because it, having kids and not walking in self-control is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have emotional outbursts, when you have those sorts of things. So I wish I would have walked more in the self-control that God offered me then through the Holy Spirit, because it's a fruit of the Spirit, rather than thinking it was something out of my control. I think my kids would have benefited from more. I would have been have, I would have had more peace. Um, our home would have been more peaceful. Right. God's been changing me a lot, and I've repented a lot to my kids. <laughs> but... Yeah, walking in walking in self control with my my children because they're they're little children, you know. That's, that's they're, they're they're doing what children do, <laughs> right? And that's a great answer, Aaron. And that's interesting you say that because you know God giving you these kids. That's probably part of the reason why He's giving you these kids to help change you into being a better or a more self controlled individual. Um, yeah. So that way you can be a better representative of your family and, and a leader of your family for sure. That's cool. That's a great answer. But what, what advice, but what advice would you give to new dads? 
or soon to be new dogs? Oh man, um, I, I would tell them to recognize that that those children are their first disciples and they're the mm-hmm. most important disciples they'll ever have. And that the legacy that they build in their home is infinitely more important than any legacy they can build outside the home. Uh, doesn't mean they shouldn't work. Doesn't mean they shouldn't provide for their family, but they should not realize, they should not think that them providing for the family is the only pr- provision that they're required to bring. They need to bring um, strength. They need to bring uh, the word of God. It's their responsibility to be being the main purveyor of God's truth to their children to show them by example and by word what it looks like to be a Christ follower and, and let God grow them, you know, let, let, let them don't, don't fight it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. You, um, you have certainly represented your family well, and, um, you've got, uh, you've got some young, young minds that are growing in your household. And when it comes to raising kids, if you had that secret, that secret sauce for raising good kids, what do you think that secret would be? Uh, it's going to sound like a Sunday school answer, but I think it's the only answer that I, could, that I can give is it's walking with and knowing God uh, through his word. Uh, it's the thing that's transformed me, changed me. Like it, men who are not in the word of God and professing to follow God uh-huh. don't know, don't know what they're following. They don't, they don't know yeah. what God's called them to be and do and how to do it and in what power they're doing it in and what authority they're doing it in. And I think that's, but we need men, we need fathers that are um, unashamed um, in the word, to be in the word of God and unashamed to walk in what it says and to make it the foundation of everything they do. We need more of that. Uh, that's a great answer. And I would agree. And I would also add this, that even though there's not really a, an owner's manual to being, to being a dad or to being a good dad, there kind of really is. It's called the Bible. There's scripture in there that ta- tells us how to be a how to be a father and how to raise up our children. And there's not enough dads out there that that follow scripture and know what it says to be a good dad or to be a great dad and how to raise up your children to be good people. So that's excellent. That's a great answer, Aaron. Now I know uh, we're we're cutting cutting into our time here, so I want to let you go. But I do want to give you an opportunity. I know we talked a little bit about your book and your guys' platform and all that, but they wanted to look you up, look you guys up. Where can they find you? How can they learn more about you guys? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the, I think the number one place, if anyone is interested to go, it would be marriageaftergod.com. Um, and then my personal Instagram page is Husband Revolution, and then my wife's is Unveiled Wife. Awesome. So yeah, check that out for sure. I have and uh, also uh, reached to look up their books and also their newest book, Marriage After God. So I will be certainly be picking that up for sure. So I appreciate that. Aaron, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, chat with me a little bit about your experience of being a dad. I congratulate you on your guys' platform and what you guys Thank represent. You. And I also... Uh, Send you congratulations on uh, on the newest member of the family that will how long how much longer does she have? March March twentieth, uh, I believe. Oh, I'm getting there. Cool. Well, um, congratulations on that as well. But thank you again, Aaron, for being on the show. I really appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Aaron for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, Aaron is spiritually committed as a dad to raising his children with a faith based purpose and showing his children by his actions what a true loving marriage really looks like. With this style of parenting, his kids will grow up with a strong relationship with God and will understand what Marriage After God represents. Make sure you check out their Marriage After God podcast, their Marriage After God website, 
and all of their books to help you in your family and marriage. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also important to share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it and talking about it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at CoachBWard or email me at dataptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up. Dad Up.